And we're back. Hey, Grizz fans. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And we're the Grizz Fan Podcast. We are. And we're probably sounding a little better this week, I do believe. <laughs> I don't know what Brent does at his personal time, because I think all he does is tinker with the equipment yes. to learn how to use it. So thanks, Brent and Courtney. <laughs> Thank my wife for me just like locking myself in the bedroom every now and then and just like messing around with this whole soundboard that was about to get weird. Sorry. It looks. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it looks complicated. There's more cords and wires than like when you're watching the Matrix and you realize they're all connected, like plugged into the Matrix. <laughs> yes, it looks like well, we are plugged in. So the one thing we'll point out early is I think we had a lot of feedback that we were sounding kind of hollow or a little distant or we're picking up like Mike's baby or his dog or weird sound, you know, just sleep like training's going sleep well, training by the is, way. It's a lot quieter in the house tonight. Um, <clears throat> we've been testing with sound equipment, it's sounding a lot better. Hopefully it's coming through good on your end and looking forward to continuing to improve our quality here. All right. Well, let's get into the recap. Let's do it. So, good game this weekend, huh? Yeah, I mean, I predicted it. Did Mike? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> so, the Grizz um, traveled and played South Dakota on the road. Uh, historically, South, South Dakota's been a good team. I think they are a good team. And the Grizz took care of business. Yeah, South Dakota had not lost a home opener since mid-2000s, right? Like 2003, I think. Oof. Yeah, 16 yeah. years. It was like the fourth or sixth longest in FCS. And they play in the Mi- Missouri Valley Conference, mm-hmm. which is a tough conference. Um, so to have this game as your opener uh, says a lot. And, and to win on the road says a lot, I think, about your program. Says a lot about the Grizz. Yep. And I think, I mean, <clears throat> we're going to probably get into a lot of it. But, like, you look at it, too. The Grizz won by 14, but we missed a field goal. Sneed throws a tough pick in the end zone, and then we kneeled out in the end zone to end it. So, I mean, we left. Oh, yeah. 17 to 13 points. I mean, we could have blown the doors off these guys in the first week. You know, I was um, I was camping this weekend, so I was following via Twitter uh, a good text message with some of my friends, including Luke, um, and random clips that Sean Rainey would post on, on Twitter. And then later that evening, I got to watch highlights and stuff like that. And then, so I rewatched the game with my son today to get ready for this. And um, the thing that stood out to me is Bobby after the game, what like just point blank said, like I don't think the score indicates how lopsided this game was. Oh yeah. And I was thinking, well, you know, that's good talk after a win, but holy crap, he's right. Like they could have scored significantly more. And honestly, some of South Dakota's points they kind of got lucky (laughs) who knows what that means i don't know do you think this is more indicative of the grizzlies coming out sharp or south dakota coming out rusty and flat i mean i i want to say it's a little bit of both um i think we got to be careful not to kind of put too much stock in like Oh, they beat a really good team on the road because I think South Dakota is going to be decent this year. I think they'll be competitive above the middle of the pack in the Missouri Valley, which is a good team. Right. But again, we don't know that after one week. I mean, they could be terrible. Remember, after all, last year, Hauk said after we played Sac State that they were the best team we played all year. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't win another game and fired their whole coaching staff. <laughs> and I've been struggling with this. 
uh, the last few days is trying to figure out how much stock to put into it. I want to believe, or I do believe, that the Grizzlies are probably one of the best coach teams in the FCS. We have the most coaching experience, and as such, it follows that they're going to create a culture and train the kids to be ready week one. But on the other hand, I want to say, like, whoa, boy, like, <laughs> not we're not national champions yet. Like, let's we have we have room to improve for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I, how do I temper this excitement? Well, I mean, I think without having to go back and you can go back and look at a lot of prior how coach team wins. I mean, even last year we beat Northern Iowa week one. There's a lot of differences in the win quality, I, I think you could say. But you could go back to prior years when, when Hauk was coaching as well. And a lot of times they'd be well prepared for week one. And um, sometimes there would be some some really good sneaky wins. I, 2008 on the road at Cal Poly where nobody thought we were going to beat them. And granted, we snuck out thanks to a missed field goal, but it was still a pretty big win and to what turned out to be a pretty amazing season. So I think a lot of times, I mean, it speaks to the experience on the staff and the just how well along the players are coming and <clears throat> how they're responding to, every, to the, the coaches and the work that they did in the offseason because they, you, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, Mike, like, Week one can sometimes just be – it can be a mixed bag because you can have a lot of errors, you can have a lot of jitters. You've been practicing against your own guys, your own defense, your, your own everything for a whole month. Like, how's that going to go? And outside of a little bit of a rough first quarter, especially on offense, it felt like the only thing that could get in the way of the offense was the offense themselves. Yeah. I mean, it. it and, and we kind of talked about that. I mean, it's like you don't really know what to expect. And, and one of the comments I made to Luke during the game was – I'm less concerned about the running attack because there are just some teams that just don't get the running game established for a couple of weeks because you you need to figure out how to do it. So it, it's going to be interesting. But I'll tell you, you talked about kind of buying into the off season and how the how the players are going week t- year two of Bobby, yeah. especially after the way last year ended. Yeah. Um, and it, what stood out to me is watching that game. Did you notice how hard? Kim and Tori, especially, but others were blocking yes. on plays like oh, end arounds and stuff like oh, that. God, yeah. I mean, you don't get star receivers like that blocking unless they're buying into what the coaches are doing, right? Yep. Yeah, agreed. I think there was a <clears throat> what was it? There was a run play where was it a was it a run by night where he cuts back or was it was it an end around to McGee? I can't remember. I think it might have been an end around. And it's like Sneed blocks. Oh, Sneed through. Sneed a takes out a couple guys. And then you got a cam like driving the corner, like off into the sidelines, into his bench almost. I mean, just you kind of see these things that um, these guys, it shows that they really responded. And I think there's a lot you can pick apart from this game. And so last year, the first half of the Northern Iowa game looked a lot like what we saw, especially in terms of um, effort and execution and, and that. But the second half of the Northern Iowa game, Grizz really tailed off and you know, turned pretty damn close right at the end. This game, that wasn't the case. I mean, what was the time of possession in the fourth quarter? In the I mean, in the fourth minutes? quarter, it was like 12 minutes. They hit the ball for less than three minutes. But I actually made a note of this because I was re-watching it. At halftime, the Grizz were lo- losing the time of possession battle. Okay? Oh, man. And they won the time of the possession battle for the game by, by t- over 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So it's like literally the... 
South Dakota had the ball in the second half for less than 10 minutes total, Okay, I which got is it. incredible. I got it right here. So second quarter, South Dakota time possession, six minutes and I'm going to round up six minutes, 30 seconds to the Grizz, eight minutes, 30 seconds. Fourth quarter, Grizz, 12 minutes and eight seconds. South Dakota, two minutes, 52 seconds. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what you want to do. So I I was prepared to say I'm a little concerned about a run game. Mike mm-hmm. makes a good point that sometimes uh, it takes a couple weeks to get the run game in particular geared up. But I could be full of shit. You could. Watch, watch the tone. Uh, you are full of shit is what that <laughs> means. No. Apologies to those listening in the Southern California region. Right <laughs> so I, I noticed a quote from Bobby and he mentioned that the, uh, that they gave the team several fronts they hadn't practiced against. Um, and they, they threw just tons of looks that they hadn't seen. And I was thinking, do teams struggle early on in a season establishing the run game because teams haven't given them much film to rehearse? Or should we just be excited about our receivers blocking downfield? <laughs> I, I kind of think at some point in time we have to be impressed with our O-line blocking up front and less so with our wide receivers blocking downfield. I think that, yeah, well, yeah. I think I think that the answer to kind of your first question is yes and no. Um, Bobby mentioned in QB Club, which I'm going to make the – you know, weekly pitch for you. QB club is worth joining. Brent and I do it. We're not going to give away any secrets because we don't want to lose our ability to go to QB clubs. We're not talking about any secrets. Random observations I think are, are okay to make. And um, one of the things he pointed out is that a lot of our offenses is run pass option. Yeah. And so a lot of um, Sneed's short passes and outs and things like that, were because they just read that the run wasn't there because that's what the defense was doing to him, so they passed. Yep. So he doesn't sound as concerned about it. I'm a little bit concerned about it, but again, what do I know? Yeah, I mean, I'm you're worried, but I think South Dakota, their coach even came out and said they prepared to stop the run the whole game. Which so is they built, freaking weird. Like, well, did they watch is, any film of our team last year? This is the Bobby Houck long con, man. He did not. He intentionally let media reports leak out of the fall that Dalton Sneed wasn't practicing. He let the Egris and everybody. <laughs> and All those just, suckers on Egris. South Dakota's whole coaching staff's on Egris. And they're like, oh, my God. We have him. Yes. We just stopped the run. Now, I mean, obviously, I would hope not. That'd be some really fucking terrible coaching. <laughs> but um, now, I, you know, they mentioned it. I, both coaching staffs mentioned it that South Dakota really stacked the box, stopped the run, and they did a damn good job at it until a little later in the game. Um, and that's, I think, one of the big one of the big things that came out of this game. And we kind of chatted about this before we started recording, but I think Marcus Knight is our starting running back. And I appreciate a lot of what Adam Eastwood does, and I'm not saying he should not be on the field. I think his pass protection is good, and I think there were some plays. He actually had more receiving yards than Knight. Uh, there was a play where Snead had scrambled and, and found Eastwood downfield, and so the two complement each other really well. But I think of some of the big things that I took away from this game outside of the win and the Grizz executing excellently in the fourth quarter was I think Knight – I'm going to bet you he's the starting running back for the North Alabama game. And until he hands it off to somebody else for some reason, I think he's the guy. I think you're right. 
Um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch how they use numbers three and four on the depth chart sure. going into the season. Um, Turner, we think, is four, and the kid from Oregon, what's his name again? Osmo. Osmo. He, he, he I was in on a few plays. Osmit, but Osmo. <laughs> so he actually played. He played. Okay. I saw him out there. I think he had a carry. So, nope. I guess he did. Um, you know, how that ends up working out because – I mean, and don't get me wrong, I, I hate to knock players, and I think they work hard, and I think oh, yeah. Eastwood probably busts his ass as much as anybody else. Absolutely. I just, you know, we've, we were excited about him last year because what you, what you basically saw in fall camp was this guy. Right. And you were thinking, okay, you know, once he gets some experience, he'll kind of find the, that next gear. And what we just have is a, a hard worker who, you know, hits the line, but doesn't do anything flashy. Yeah, for as much as you want these players to succeed, um, you have to also put them in a position to succeed. And I think sometimes we ask Eastwood to be something he's not. I think that's fair. That's fair, yeah. And like Bryn said, all evidence suggests he's an excellent pass blocker and um, can be very, very useful um, in particular circumstances and schemes. And I think we're just searching for that other back that can be maybe dynamic well, it shows, a little more dynamic and it probably shows why they brought night in uh, right. you know, that they were that they realized it was a spot that was a little lacking i think the two make a good compliment so and that's and that's the thing um i don't think you you take eastwood off the field uh, for a long stretch but i think the two uh, you just saw like knights that touchdown twitter where he's just just the guy just whiffs on him and he that, ha- that he, was so cool <laughs> he had and i didn't he, he had another one too i think on a four, on a third down conversion where it was same kind of thing guy chasing him to the boundary and then he just stops and cuts in and you know breaks through a half-assed arm tackle and away and gets the first down so i like a lot of what i see out of night and i think um i would assume against this north alabama game coming up if if he comes out there as a starter. It's probably going to show you something. Um, but, yeah, I think Eastwood still needs to definitely be a part of this offense. And then, yeah, as the year goes, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how where we finish, like, Mike, I think you're saying Drew Turner might be the guy by the end of the season. or And now we see, you know, as Bobby had even mentioned before, that um, Nick Osmo is a guy that they're going to probably use this year too. So, it's a fascinating spot, but it's encouraging, too, to see some change of pace stuff and some guys doing some things and just to know that running backs got some options and that they're going to be able to explore that as they keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. How did you guys feel the secondary played? You know, there were some things I liked, and then there were some lapses, and I think that's sure. fair. That's but, fair. I mean, I think overall, like calling out a couple guys right off the bat – uh, Robbie Houck had a pass breakup on that fourth down play when they threw to the end zone that I don't think Robbie Houck makes last year. No. You know, he got beat on those plays last year. So, I mean, I think that's a big step up. I thought Houck had a great game. Um, I thought Calhoun looked pretty good. I don't know if it was a coincidence, coincidence or not, but they didn't seem to throw at him that much. <laughs> not really. Um, Nash got dinged up a little bit. I think, I think, that's Came back, the, though. Yeah. I think that um, Calhoun's definitely the better of the two. I, I think that's fair. I think I think. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, going off of last year, I'd say Nash was the more physical type of player. But I don't know. That might have balanced out, if not tipped the other way a little bit. But I was nervous about that tandem, and um, 
you know, game one, it's it's tough to take everything away because I remember actually game one last year against Northern Iowa. What didn't Calhoun have a whole bunch of breakups and a near pick, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this guy." This is the second coming. And then yeah. it was like, and he played the full season out, but he definitely started as the season went on. Just you know, some teams saw some stuff on film and were able to attack him a little bit more. So, but I thought the secondary played pretty good. Um, you know, it it felt to me that. First quarter, they uh, first quarter corners were like physical and attacking. I think I feels like one had a tackle for a loss or almost near sack or something, you know. And um, into the third, into the fourth, a little bit, it kind of seemed a little bit more like I don't know. There was moments where um, they uh, lapses, like in coverage, because that that guy, what was their the 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 receiver that looks like Thor. Uh, Cole or whatever his name was, Cody C- Case, Case, who had 144 yards. Um, obviously, they were able to kind of exploit a little bit of stuff. Now, he had a couple just damn lucky catches, too, like one right in front of Robbie. Robbie thinks he's got the pick, and then it bounces off a couple shoulders, and mm-hmm. this guy makes a crazy catch. But still, I, I liked a lot of it. There was lapses. Uh, third, fourth quarter, I made moments, some notes key exactly about what you said. I mean, I feel like the, the guy had a great day, but there were a few catches that it's like, my God, like <laughs> everything's going your way. Like that's a yeah, right catch that bounces off the guys. Then he got credit for one that should have been reviewed. Bounced which off is a different the damn ground, yeah. I was under the impression in college football that they reviewed controversial or close plays. Like the TV was able to show us a replay before they snapped the ball of that ball hitting the ground. So what the hell was the guy who's actually paid to be the replay <laughs> official looking at? You know what I mean? Like if the TV could get us that. I think he was just probably taking in the nice scene of concrete behind the Grizz bench. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I, I mean, knows? although in that, it it, it kind of worked out in, in a marginal sense, right? They didn't get in the end zone. I think they wound up kicking a field goal. And so that... I don't know. It, it, it didn't it didn't cause a, a worse point differential, I guess. So, um, yeah. So, I can't believe we're going to go through a recap without really getting into how we thought our quarterback did. Oh, yeah. It was all right. Let's start. <laughs> you, usually you start from the top. Um, so, Dalton Sneed um, had himself a game. Yeah, he did. And one of the things that impresses me the most is there's a, a question in the post game about uh, his throw attempts. Mm-hmm. I think he... 52. 52 pass attempts. Yeah. Yep. And Bobby mentioned that, you know, heck, half of those were re- run pass options. RPO. RPOs. And they could have just as easily been run attempts. Um, but the maturation of Dalton Sneed, I think... I want to say was evident. I think he's recognizing what the defense is showing him and at least calling the right option. Yes. Um, are we pleased with this? Did we see throws that um, we were suspect about? How could he improve? Well, I think, I mean, uh, how how could we say anything but we're pleased? I mean, like, oh my God. you know, it's it, what they did on offense when they finally got going in the second quarter through the, through the third quarter, and, and actually the fourth, even though they didn't score, they had clock-eating drives, is everything that we kind of talked about this offense could be with the talent we have at receiver. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. And um, for him to kind of lead that, they did great. 
Um, there were a couple misses. You sure. know, he that end zone pick was bad. Actually, both his picks were. I mean, his first wow. pick it kind of proved to be a punt, yeah. and he got hit. He did. And so he that's not his that. fault. Yeah, he got was, hit. Yeah. But if he doesn't get hit, I think that's a touchdown to a Kim. Because he probably throws because it over the he coverage. He probably throws it over yeah. the coverage. He got hit, and it kind of held up there a little bit. Yep. The second one, you know, you can't throw that pick in the end zone, but he didn't see the linebacker. But, you know, if you rewatch that, the tight end was wide, wide Bingham. open. Yeah, Bingham coming across was alone. Mm-hmm. The guy that picked it chased the receiver. Yep. And there yeah. was another one where he could have he could have hit – Sulcer for a touchdown hmm. um, on the Eastwood play, where instead he rolled yeah. out and um, found Eastwood, and they ended up scoring. I think so. I, I think, think so. It didn't yeah. really matter, but but still. Yeah. So if you want to find some things to complain about, sure. But I mean, are you going to take this day from your QB every week if you get it? Absolutely. Four hundred thirty yards. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, and that was like that Eastwood play. I think this was one thing. Luke, you talk about like the maturation of. Um, of Sneed is that last year, so that play, he drops back and scans the field, no immediate options, but he has pressure that pushes him forward in the pocket. Last year, Dalton Sneed is running at that point. He is running for his life, and who knows, you know, maybe he gets a few yards, maybe he just avoids a sack, maybe he, you know, does some stuff with his feet and picks a little bit up, and we're moving along. What does he do here? He keeps his eyes downfield, and he cuts across towards the Grizz bench and finds Adam Eastwood because the guy guarding Eastwood thinking, okay, here here goes Snead. Like, and he comes up, and Snead just throws it over his head, and it turns into, I think, whatever, like a 14, 15-yard completion and a first and goal. Um, we didn't see that from Dalton Snead last year, and is that – it's it's probably a blend of a lot of things. Like it's Sneed getting better, Sneed reading things the way he should, and it's also probably a little bit better just experience and trust and blocking and time in the O line. Because last year it felt like a lot of Sneed run for his life. Like get the snap, option one isn't there. Maybe I got time to look at option two, and now I gotta I gotta go. And this it's like. He knows he's still got some help and some time. So I think a lot of Sneed's improvements also came with O-line improvements in the pass blocking game, most definitely. And I think you hear about this a lot with um, in the NFL. And I just – because everyone fawns over Tom Brady. But they're like, oh, he's got some receivers. He's got to get on the same page with his receivers. Mm-hmm. More time with these awesome receivers, I think they might have a better like instinctual feel for one another. Oh, um, sure just having an, an extra year. Yep. And, you know, you just touched on it. We touched on it last year. Like, as the year went on, he got more comfortable understanding that he had to step up in the pocket right. and, and make throw the ball down the field. And these the announcers kept talking about how they were kind of dinking and dunking at times. And I was thinking, well, they're taking what you're giving them, but they also chucked the ball down the field. I mean, they had yeah, some they big <laughs> pass plays. So, I mean, I think that was kind of, kind of an understatement. But I will say, if we get... O-line play like yesterday all season, mm. we're going to be better than we were last year. We're in great now, shape. We're in great shape were they, offensively. Were they amazing? No. But, I mean, they, they gave him a good po- – I mean, threw the ball 52 times. I mean, they yeah. gave him a pocket, and he stepped up into it. He hit 10 different targets. Yeah. And and uh, six on multiple occasions. Yeah. I mean, 
That's a great day. I mean, spread the, the ball around like that. Yeah. You hear like, you know, it's like you you hear when you're watching an NFL game, you throw it to six different receivers and it's awesome. And it's like 10 different guys. 10 guys. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think we get this play out of Snead. We're in great shape. But, and I think we saw enough of it last year that we know he's got it in him. Add in the O-line, the experience with the receivers, Knight-Eastwood combo plus add-ins as we go. There's a lot of great signs that there's some really good things to come here. So, yeah. Um, You know, going back to some takeaways and stuff like that, I think that if you watched the drive right before the half, Snead got a little jumpy. And I actually think that... Threw a few over. If he he was a little calmer, I think they would have got a touchdown on that drive because he was kind of mailing it a little bit. Yeah, and it felt like, right, their their last two possessions on about the 30, it was like above and beyond safe throws. Like, just throw it where... Yep. Yeah. And no knocks. I mean, that drive 45 seconds to get a field goal to go up a touchdown in halftime and you're getting the ball back. I mean, you're in good shape. That's a huge drive. You can't take that away. Um, so I like that. You know, we, we talked about the O line. Um, you know, Sneed did get touched a little bit. Let's, let's, let's just bask in, in Samari Tori and Sammy Akim for another <laughs> second here. I mean, they, they both, are special. They both had career days. 150 plus yards receiving for Cam, 140 plus receiving for Torre. Both had nine nine balls. I mean, how do you how do you prepare for that if you're another coach? Yeah, that's that's. I I mean, they hit Torre at Torre's first catch, which that's a bummer. That drive wound up in a missed field goal. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens. It's part of the game. But well, let's just say it's a bummer they didn't score a touchdown because they were set up. Holy but shit! Anyway. I mean, that catch he had—I the—it was probably pass interference on the defender too. The guy was hugging him as he was coming down with the ball. But this was something that we talked about a little bit. Uh, obviously, not a lot of people are going to know it unless you're watching it in person. But Toure had a good spring and a better fall. And Bob even credited that Mitch Roberts was one of the guys really pushing him because in spring ball they had put Mitch Roberts up over Samori in the depth chart. And uh, Samori responded pretty damn well, I would say. So, um, yeah, uh, embarrassment of riches at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I, and every, I mean, like Malik Flowers. You know, I mean, it's like there are guys on receiving core that can't touch the field, and you're just like, I guess I'll put you. Yeah. Re- I guess you'll return some things for yeah. us, man. And what do you average? Almost thirty yards of yeah. return. Yeah. I can't I mean, believe they kicked him. How? Well, but what's the other option? Solser? Yeah. I mean, it's like the two yeah. guys they have back there. It's like Malik Flowers is probably you know he led the Big Sky in return yards from the from kickoff last year, right? Yep. yep. And he's probably the number two kickoff guy on the team, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, probably. he could be the number three. Well, I mean, Solser, Jerry, Louis, McGee, yeah, Malik. What do you no, think I, you on know, kickoffs? I think, on kickoffs, no. I think that Jerry might be a little too. Um, Shake and bake to left to right. To, yeah, I think Malik, Malik hits a hole, you know, hits a hole and and runs. And boy, oh. watching those, it's like he would hit those and he would just take off. It looked to me on two of his like either the last or the second to last guy got like he was a guy away from being in the end zone on one or two of those. So yeah, that. Speaking of people who had an excellent day. Uh, shout out to Matt O'Donoghue. <laughs> <laughs> OD. <laughs> OD had a quiet day. 
Didn't we? Yeah, well, that's how you know it's a perfect day for <laughs> a snapper. That's like the best day. You got a nice trip to South Dakota. <laughs> when the uh, when the long snapper has to do it once. I don't know. I don't know if twice. He's, right? Twice. Well, we had one punt according to the stats. Oh wait, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Oh, Incorrect. Two. I was looking at returns. I apologize. Two. Yeah. Two plays. I don't know if OD is the short snapper though. I don't think he is. We should know this. Like our fandom of OD is way up here, and we should know if he's snapping on. Yeah, I feel balls. like we're poser fans right now. That's he followed the pod today. Like this is just bad. <laughs> he. I don't think he's a short snapper. Probably not. Um. I don't know. Did we already talk about third down offense? <laughs> no. Not yet. We're talking about OD. Well, I know, but you were talking about how we didn't punt a lot. Well, he didn't punt a lot. We punted twice. The, the, what were they? Um, 11 of 17. 11 of 17, and one of those 17 was a kneel down yeah. to end the game. So 11 of 16 on third down. Oh. I mean, holy cow. Like, you, <laughs> you just like, you got a glimpse of what this offense could be. And you know what my favorite part was? Bobby let the offensive coaches do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. all game. It didn't. It it didn't feel like there was. You know, honestly, the one play, the one time where it just felt it did not feel like a natural thing was the deep Sneed interception, where it was third and two, or something third mm-hmm. and short, where mm-hmm. it's like you got to be able to run the ball here. You you've got to be able to just trust your guys up front, trust your game, and go. And of course, it's tough to say. If that deep shot to a chem was choice number one, I'm going to guess probably not since Sneed got hit pretty good on the throw. But um, otherwise, a lot of the third downs, I mean, they even converted some good third and longs. Like they had, I, I'm trying to think in the second half, I feel like there was like a couple third and tens or a third and 12. Yeah, I mean, or, they just, they were getting them. It was just like whatever it was, like we got it. Um, how about that drive to end the game? <laughs> I mean, again, hyperbole, and you don't want to make too much of it. But book my tickets to, to yeah, because <laughs> I bought to Texas. To Texas. Oh, God, it's too late. <laughs> but it's like they could have they could have let these guys in, and I think oh, Brenda yeah. texted you and said um, that in the middle of the game, it was like this is set. They're setting themselves up to be what they were doing last year, where yeah. it's like they were letting them hang around and all that, and then they. They shut them down. And to have that drive to end the game and to know that you could do it, like we didn't have that last year. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, that was it was 11 plays, 64 yards, over six minutes clock. End the game. And they just couldn't stop us. Yeah. I mean, awesome. Um, so national championship bound. I do appreciate that. So that's good. Oh boy, you heard <laughs> it from Brent first. But if you and I, looking at the stats of that drive too, there was one, two, three third down conversions in it. I mean, so I, you know, I mean, so disheartening. It's, it's like South Dakota defense. even got itself to a point where they could have made a stop. You had a third and three. You had a third and seven. You had a uh, looks like a third and two, and you just couldn't do it. So now we're going to overreact. Oh my god, yes. By how much by how much <laughs> arbitrary amount we will beat Oregon. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh, oh my god. We're we're going to make you have that pick. I, I actually you just made it. I tweeted with, it cuz like Oregon like goes they like play Nevada who had like kind of a good win, right? <laughs> and so I tweet I was trying to trigger a bunch of Oregon fans and I but they were they were too busy. The they were just too taken. sad about their loss and I so I tweeted that uh 
Too bad they're not going to win a game till October. <laughs> but uh, no one, no one took the bait. Oh, I'm a would, bad, I'm bad at trolling. When we get our shit together and throw up an intro, and we have music and we play clips from this pod, that that's going to be gonna, we're going to beat Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will make sure and chop that up so you just have that little soundbite. We're going to beat Oregon. I was just kind of wondering, like, it, how much did our stock rise by some arbitrary amount? When I when I see that last drive, that's, I think, like, you know, with all of the asterisks applied to any statement, that is a hallmark of a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so... We could also say that we converted a handful of third downs against Northern Iowa last year, passing the ball. And so there was a lot of talk at the end of the first game last year saying, we can get this done passing, it's going to happen. And then he talked to Bobby and he was like, because last year Northern Iowa didn't know that we were going to do RPO. So, and then we got it on, then, it, then it's on tape and then people solved it. So... The, so that's the, to counter the, the the real overreaction, right? So now a little bit more of this offense is on tape. And so – and we're going to get into this, but North Alabama, who showed to have a pretty damn good defense, and we're playing a lot of good defenses this year. And so um, how that's going – if that's going to be able to continue or if we're going to have to continually be making adjustments and see how it goes. So – but but it's really exciting because – the one thing we didn't do in the northern that we did do in the northern Iowa game was we didn't just melt away and almost give the game away at the end. We controlled the game the whole way. Yep. You know, I'm I'm conscious cautious not to overreact. Yeah. Because um, South Dakota has to prove that they're any good. Right. I mean, they're I, what we did to their QB. I actually feel pretty good about. And honestly. We didn't get many sacks, but the D line had a lot more pressure than I realized. And from a lot of newer guys. Yeah. And Sims looked good in the middle. Oh my God. Like Sims looked great. So that was maybe his best game. Yeah, I would agree with that. So what that means, I don't know, but I I guess you know, we had all these people, um, and I'm not gonna point any fingers, but we had all these people talking about this tough schedule that the Grizzlies had. And there there were people saying they're gonna go two and two in in their pre-conference schedule with this being one of the losses and to go anywhere and win by 14 points on the road. Yeah. That's a good win. You know, absolutely. Especially the Missouri Valley conference. That's the sec of the FCS, right? Like it's the best conference. I wish that we were being uh, simulcast so you could all see the air quotes, uh, (laughs) disdain that Brent just showed for the, uh, Missouri Valley football conference. I mean, Missouri yeah. Valley's new money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they are is North Dakota State and everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. South Dakota State's a little clumsy, yeah. right? Like yep. they're a little, they're a little. But those guys weren't even in the conference. It's like all these Missouri Valley teams who've been around forever are like, we're the best conference. It's like because you have North Dakota State and South Dakota State. <laughs> I mean, you go to like you and I's got like like a Florida thing, right? Like we used to be so good, and every we always get some votes. But you know what, you and I, I mean, we haven't picked on them yet this year. <laughs> but their fucking coach. I mean, they lost oh in God. triple overtime to Iowa. Incredible state, Iowa State. Iowa State. And they should have went for two in the second OT. I mean, it's like, what the hell do you have to lose? You're playing with house money. Yeah, it's like you kick. I mean, it's like, and it, this is what drives me nuts sometimes about football coaches. 
it's like you get so wrapped up in the game that it's like you just play it the right way and things are going to work out. It's like, no, when you are FCS Northern Iowa playing FBS number 20. Ranked, yeah. 21, 21. Iowa State, and you have the ball second in overtime and just scored a touchdown, you don't play for another overtime. <laughs> just win the damn just game. Just win the damn game or lose the damn game. I mean – you got to take your shot yeah, so, when you're in range. Well, I, I mean, guarantee you, you see, and I wasn't watching ESPN's like projections <laughs> on the game, but I bet you Northern Iowa's projection of winning after that you touchdown saw, was higher than it was after they tied it. You saw what happened in the third overtime. No. Well, I mean, I know they lost. Iowa State like ran the ball and fumbled it no, on like three. <laughs> and the ball, like, it was like one of these things, like big pile, but then the ball goes to the side. And it's like the ball's right there, and there's like a UNI guy, and then I don't know who it is, but an Iowa State guy falls on it, and the pile kind of like rumbles around. So they clear all the bodies off, and Iowa State recovers the fumble, and it's on the one, and it's a first and goal. And presumably they scored like a play or two later. And so it was like, <laughs> even with that, like it was right there. Yep. It was so oh, close. Oh, man. Go for two. I, Go I for just two. imagine you're stuck on an elevator with Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> and you're unmarried. You try to be charming. You got to shoot your shot. Well, yeah. You're on the. You're on. I might shoot my shot if I'm married. <laughs> not, I'm not like taking it to some weird extent, but I'm going to try to be charming. You be too. charming. Yeah. And you're on the goal line against an FBS team. You go for two. <laughs> how many? You how go many? For two. How many times you get that opportunity? Yeah. Hundred percent. No, not with Black Widow. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a sidetrack, but I mean, you know, we had to talk about that a little bit. So South Dakota, we got to see where they end up. But I think it's yeah. a win is a win and a win on the road because honestly, when when was the last FCS road win in the pre-conference for the Grizz? I mean, I know it happens, but wow, uh, let's because they lost at Liberty, they lost at Western Illinois. Woof. Yeah, we did. I don't. Did we beat? Did, but... did Stitt have any? Oh yeah, you and I. Yeah, you and I. Yep. You and I. It was like Bob Jerry Stitt's like second. Jerry, Jerry Louie's crazy punt return, and just the, the defense like just abused their quarterback. Yeah, that was it. Yep. But that was kind of fluky. Like this one, that one wasn't fluky. That well, yeah, that was uh, fluky is not the word, but well, yeah, I mean, it it, it was sure. It was, you got the punt but it's like you think about so two thousand four, the Grizz went on the road, opened up against Maine. And that was so back then. That was Maine. What's the, what's that conference? The the it's the Colonial now, right? Uh, CAA. Yeah. And they were they were the the big they dogs were good. then. Yeah. And we beat Maine on the road, and that was kind of like the weird opener. Um, so yeah, there was other ones. They're trying to quickly fire through schedule stuff, but yeah, it, it doesn't look anyway, like it happens that often. Anecdotally, it feels like you know th- that's a good win. It is. Let's just let's just leave it at that. It's not overreact, good. not underreact. We weren't. I, we we weren't favored. We were three and a half to five and a half point underdogs. The other one was 08 Cal Poly. Yeah. Where we and won that one too. There was a computer generator of the schedule I saw last week at Hero Sports might have tweeted it out. That computer ranking? Yeah. Thing? yeah. And this was projected as a loss. Yeah. And a pretty like forty-five percent off. Yeah. Or even less. So So the two years Bobby opened on the road against an FCS team and won. 
We went to the national title game. Man. <laughs> you are like the ultimate maroon colored glasses sugar coater right these, now. These are stats. We're you can't beating lie Oregon. about the numbers. He's bought his tickets to the national championship game. When the computers are lying to you, what are you supposed <laughs> to do? You trust Brent. <laughs> look so, at me, look at me guys, now. I'm the computer. <laughs> do you guys have any other things to recap before we move on to players of the week? Um, no, I, I would just wrap up by saying it's like, you know, I mentioned it. Hauk said that the score didn't indicate how lopsided it was. Yeah. And going back on it, it's like one of the touchdowns for South Dakota came on a fourth down that the Grizz should have oh, stopped. Yeah. I mean, like, they kind of panicked, and that's the sort of thing that they're going to watch in a film, and they're going to have experienced it, and they're going to do better next time. Because if, if they, I mean, think about that. If they'd stopped that, if they hadn't thrown the interception, that's a 14-point swing right there. I mean, it's like this game could have been a beatdown. The the one thing I'll add to their, their um, – South Dakota had the running back, the bigger guy, Henry, and he got hurt in the first quarter or early second. Didn't come back, but it was that was something that's going to be interesting to watch. North Alabama has a couple of these guys. Other teams will too. We had a problem with him. Uh, he was tougher to tackle. He was through the line. I think he had four carries and and maybe a pass reception. He he didn't like completely blitz us in the first quarter but there was a little bit of early show big heavy kind of those downhill type backs had good success you know he gets flipped over he hurts his ankle he hops off the field we don't see him again and the backup running back was clearly not as good as this guy so um that's going to be an interesting thing to watch because we've talked about this before this year's defensive line is smaller just by weights. And so um, how's that going to play into the the weeks and months ahead? Especially, I think we've got a handful of teams that have these these kind of bigger bruiser-type backs. We've got some to practice against, of course. But, um, but yeah, so that's going to be one thing that I'll be interested to watch. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Quick trivia for you. <laughs> Sneed threw for 427 yards in the air this week. All right? Cool. He needs 506 more yards passing to – he's currently 14th on the all-time list, so he'll get to 13th and pass who? <sighs> Is this going to be like a surprising name? I'm just asking the questions, Bryn. Luke, uh... Rock Svenningson. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is it a QB that's played in the last 15 years? No. Oh. I was going to go with something weird like a, like a like a Colbert or someone that I'll or give you Andrew Sell. Those would be interesting ones. Yeah. Um it's a QB who's been associated with the program in the last 15 years. Uh, Brent P. No. Brent P. Brent P's. Yeah. Okay. Brent P. <laughs> like, had two of these pale ales, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's gonna pass his coach. He's gonna That's pass incredible. his coach. Yeah. Wow. And you think about it, he's played 
one season plus one game. Wow, it's a different uh, it's a different era of football than it was then. Well, Brent ran a lot of run, run, run options. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think, yeah, Pease was right before Don Reed came here, wasn't he? Wasn't so he, did he bridge the gap? Wasn't he? Might have on the team, or was he? He played for Reed because he became part of that coaching tree. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, he did anyway. He, that he had a little NFL CFL stint. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So there we go. Okay, that's the game. Man, it was fun. That was it, it. That was fun. It was something where I went in with a lot of nerves. I put on a little extra deodorant because I sweat when I get nervous. <laughs> you need antiperspirant. <laughs> <laughs> I took a shower and then uh, yeah, and I was um, I was ready. I was ready to sweat. Sounds good. But I did not. Uh, Brent, player of the game on offense, player of the game on defense. So I mean, Dalton Sneed, player of the game on offense, right? Um, but so since everyone going to say that i will go choice b uh sammy akim just like we've talked about the receiving the blocking just the whole thing uh defensively i'm gonna say jesse sims i think with what he did in the middle he was a wrecking ball he had a handful of series there was a third and really short that he turned into a fourth long that turned into turnover on downs jesse sims is my guy that's when they went and scored on but either way yeah they scored on that? Wasn't that the one? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. He had an awesome game. Great game for Jesse. Luke. I I was going to pick Dalton Sneed. I really appreciated the smart decision-making in the uh, run-pass option plays. Like mm. He clearly didn't try to force things just because he'd passed a bunch. Um, if you have a heady quarterback, uh, I think you can win a lot of games just based off of good decision-making from the pocket. Defensively, I also picked Jesse Sims. I don't want to be a copycat, but that dude is a beast, and he has been the strongest guy on their team, uh, I think, since he showed, since up. He showed yeah. up. And it looks like he got bigger and stronger this offseason. Like, I think that guy has an NFL body, and this if he has more games like this, I think NFL might be a real shot for him. If I remember correctly, didn't Sims have an option to go to a Arizona, Arizona State? Well, he, was a, a, he was an Oregon State signee. Or, that's he right. had a scholarship offer, and the coaching changed, and he decided to come here. Yeah. Um, Damn glad we got Obviously, him. Sneed liked him at a good game. My my picks were going to be uh, co-pick between a Kem and Torrey. I just think, I mean, oh, like, yeah. to get 300 yards receiving out of your two best receivers, <laughs> I mean, that's just fantastic. Yeah. On the defensive side, um, Robbie Houck for me. I think that if he plays well, it's such a difference in the, in the secondary because he's kind of that hybrid guy back there. Um, him and number 13. But I, I, thought, I thought Rob, I thought Robbie Hawk had a great game. Also, we haven't talked about Cy Sermon. Oh, yeah. Which is good. If you're the center, we shouldn't talk about you, which <laughs> means that for his first start at center, he did well, right? Yes. All right. Yeah, and that's a kid who's been all over the field. All over the field? Yeah. Both sides of the ball. Yeah. So good for, for him. Sure. Happy for him. Absolutely. I just I just wanted to call that out because you know he's playing in another new position. Well. Okay. Moving on. I think we're to that time of the podcast where we're talking about the check down. Oh pew pew pew. Pew pew the check down. You know, the lasers have gotten better this year. <laughs> that whole, wasn't them making noises. That was on the board, guys. Investment, yes. <laughs> Mike, are you ready? I am ready. So for new listeners, the check down is a segment where uh, we ask Mike questions 
at a super fast speed. I'm going to turn the heat down because I'm sweating. It's warm in here. <laughs> and then Mike returns answers just as fast. <laughs> he's switching the thermostat. And he's turning the thermostat, the thermostat down because he can it feel is, the check down heat turning up. 1040 on a Monday evening. And we're turning <laughs> the AC on here. I just don't understand why my heat was even on. <laughs> The heat and the AC are different systems, and they've basically been counteracting each other. <laughs> anyway. All right. Mike, are you more concerned about saving for retirement or this conference schedule? <laughs> saving for retirement. I've told you guys I think we're going to do better in conference than people realize. If your dog could talk, would you be in jail? If my dog could talk, I'd be have a real serious conversation with him about how much fucking medical bills he's got. <laughs> How many weeks could you last in federal prison? You know, I think I'd be a valuable asset in federal prison. Uh, emphasis on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to your cellmate for protection? <laughs> I'd wow. die real quickly. <laughs> Baseball question. Whose politics do you prefer more, Kurt Schilling or Mariano Rivera? <laughs> This is amazing. <laughs> oh, boy. Which NFL team ends up with the worst record? Oh, that's just oh. a blanket question. You're not giving me a choice here? Nope. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I quietly think it's going to be like the Houston Texans. I feel like they're mm. just setting up to just tank. Okay. Uh, yes or no on Hot Girl Summer? I guess no, because <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Sweet Peaks ice cream or Big Dipper ice cream? Ooh. I gotta go Big Dipper because it's a Missoula thing, but I like Sweet Peaks too. When you shower, do you actively wash your feet or just let the water and soap run over them and call it good? I get the soap everywhere that I can reach. <laughs> <laughs> Which kid is your favorite this week? <laughs> And with that, that concludes the check down. It's funny, like as parents, we probably immediately had an answer, but we can't say it out. I have a, I have a story though. Okay, so we can go to this. So, was that a uh, um, work fundraiser out at um, Highlander Brewing early last week? And um, James came, and you know they've got the beanbag stuff, and it was out on the pavilion, and he's playing with some other kids and stuff like that. And, he comes up to me a couple different times at one point. He's like, okay, I'm ready to go. And I was like, okay, a little bit more time. Just keep playing. And so I knew I'm running on borrowed time, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> at one point I looked over and I see James get pelted in the back of the head with a beanbag from this other kid. And it's like, well, I think something bad's about to happen. So we should probably start getting going. So I turn around and start saying my goodbyes to people and stuff like that. And about a minute later, James comes up and like, I'm ready to go. And I was like, all right, great, bud, let's go. And we're walking out. I see this little kid. Um, I see this mom kind of chewing on her son a little bit. I'm thinking, well, yeah, you should be chewing on him. You just threw a beanbag at my kid. You probably saw it. So the next day, one of my agents comes into my office. She goes, I hear James punched a kid in the face. <laughs> 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 so this agent had said another one of our agents who was there watched this whole thing unfold she was sitting at a, a picnic table out there and that <laughs> this kid threw a beanbag at james 
And so I saw that. So when I turned around, James threw a beanbag back at the kid. You know, whatever. And then was done. So James turned around and walked away to keep playing. So the kid picks up the beanbag and goes to chuck it right as James turns around, hits James in the face with a beanbag. So apparently, according to my sources, the only person who saw this happen, James walks over, hits the kid in the face, turns around, finishes the beanbag game, and then comes to get me to go home. (laughs) Calm and collected. Now, I don't know what exactly hit in the face means. Because the kid wasn't crying until I saw his mom lecturing him. So there's probably more to this story. James has been a little bit mum. <laughs> I will tell you, we had a long conversation about keeping our hands to ourselves and we've got to walk away. You know, all the right things. I was so proud of him. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody threw a beanbag at you. <clears throat> I think we know which kid was the favorite this week. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> All right, uh, let's now roll over the whole big sky and oh, yeah. go through the schedule and see how everyone did. It was the bloodbath we thought it was going to be, right? Pretty much. I mean, so we quickly going through the list, the only thing we did not pick, uh, the only thing different, uh, well, we had two. So everything we picked correctly. We picked Northern Arizona to beat Missouri State. We picked San Jose State to beat Northern Colorado, although it got a little scary for a little while there. Yeah. Um, where the Northern Colorado of the FCS played the Northern Colorado of the FBS. And, you know, things got wild. Yeah. Uh, Washington destroys Eastern Washington. I think that that surprised me a little bit, that Eastern really didn't hang at all. Um, well, they did better than we did. Yeah, 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 true. Um, Penn State um, beat the hell out of Idaho. Um, yes, Arkansas, definitely. Portland State, I watched a little bit of that game. I mean, I don't, I don't really think... It, sloppy game on both sides, but it was within a score. Uh, Texas Tech played their starters the whole way. Stomped the Cats. We picked that one. Uh, so here's where we, here's the two games we differed on. Mike picked Cal Poly to beat San Diego. I picked, and we by proxy, Luke picked San Diego to win. And Cal Poly won the game, passing the hell out of the ball. Yeah. And their damn quarterback wins fucking player of the week. I have several thoughts. <laughs> the first being, the Grizz always seem to get penalized when they play like limited scholarship teams that are FCS. Right. Yeah. Yet, freaking Dalton Sneed balls out in, quote, the game of the week. <laughs> yeah. You know. Doesn't get doesn't player of the get week. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Do you think that's an anomaly? Or is Cal Poly finally moving on from the triple option? I think they still ran the triple option, though. Well, but I mean, a true triple option doesn't throw the ball that many times ever. I saw at the half he had three touchdowns on six passes. So The team ended the game with 13 passes. Yeah. Okay, so that's a fluke. So that's just just that. That's the Cal Poly offense. I mean, think about we talked about in 08 when we went and beat them on the road. They had Ramsey's Barton, and that guy went to the NFL for a little while. And it was – he was – I mean, they'd run that, and they just – chuck it deep to him and it didn't matter and Cal Poly won the turnover game um San Diego's quarterback threw three picks off yeah you know you control the ball win the turnover game by a margin of three and helps yeah uh Cal beat Davis we all pick Cal how did Davis look in that game 
I don't know. I mean, the, I mean, what score, was the score? The score was pretty close. It was within a couple, like 13. 27-13. 27-13. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's Cal's, respectable. For yeah, Cal's not yeah. amazing. Like, if we lose twenty seven thirteen to Oregon, I will buy tickets to Texas. <laughs> Holy shit! Fair. He's yeah. hedging I'll, now. Guys. Although we're beating him, uh, so uh, I I am I am so far on this Weber State bandwagon. I did pick Weber State. They lost six to nothing to San Diego State. So my my question to you on that is yeah. At what and granted, it's one game, and we need to look at. But it's like it feels like more of the same. Like at what point is Your this offense. like the Tampa Bay Bucks of the pre <laughs> of the Tony Dungy era, right? Yes. Where it's like they could they had these great defenses, but they just could never put an offense together. Mm-hmm. Or you know Jeff Fisher even you yeah know, on a on a lower scale, but you know the Titans the early years. It's like they're so good on defense, but their offense. I mean, I don't it's have just it, been terrible. I don't have it in front of me, but we pulled this up before we started recording. They had like 150 yards of total offense. Uh, I mean, oof, that's that, that's bad. That uh, and I don't know. We'll just have to see because everyone was talking about with Jake Constantine, their quarterback coming back, and their running back was the freshman of the year last. The newcomer, not newcomer, but the freshman of the year last year. So it's like they've got some pieces that they should be better, but. Um, They've got some games now where it'll be interesting to see if that offense is just what it has been, where they're going to score 13 to 20 points a game, or are they going to actually turn a corner? But it's like, you know, we've been there. I mean, if they're going to do that, they're going to, they're going to dominate bad teams in the big sky and think about how play the other one's tough and then lose. Who beat them in the playoffs? Um, was it Northern Iowa? Was it a Missouri Valley team? But they won their first game in the playoffs. They won their first, but the, the one that they played that they lost, they looked – so inept on offense. Like, it was just, like, bad. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. It was just like, this is an FCS offense. This is terrible. Do you guys think that if Jay Hill can't develop an offense, he'll stay at the FCS level forever? Oh, he's... Oh. Oh, boy. There's, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> because... Um, Maine beat Weber. In the quarterfinals, yeah. Maine. There you go, Maine. Hey. Um, no, I think that if he can't develop an offense, he'll end up being a D coordinator at one of the Utah FBS schools. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good coach, but you know, somebody still might take a flyer on him because you'd have to think at a higher level, he could pay more for an offensive assistant. Like, I, you think that could be a limiting factor? Is their budget to bring in someone who can? Well, they just they, uh, I don't know. I mean, probably a little bit, but they announced uh, some pretty big end zone expansion yeah, I mean, stuff, stuff, and they're doing some things. They have that damn train horn. Oh, boy, oh, that game. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we were there. <clears throat> okay, um, the other two games we both picked correctly. We picked Sacramento State to beat NAIA Southern Oregon, and they smoked them. And we picked UNLV to beat Southern Utah, and UNLV hung 56 points on Southern Utah. So Southern Utah, who beat UNLV when Bobby Houck was UNLV's head coach, <laughs> that was a better Southern Utah. Not though. hanging that game. That was a that, that was, was a Southern Utah that sent that three guys a, to the NFL. So the, <laughs> the peak of Southern Utah's history. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not there's, wrong, Walter. There's going to be a retrospective of like. 
the Southern Utah donor who illegally <laughs> paid to get three NFL players. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story here? Um, Bottom ball minivans. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to add. To that. I have nothing to add to that. Um, there was a point I wanted to make on this big sky stuff, but I've lost it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we got next? Uh, we need to talk about ourselves awkwardly for a second. Oh, we need to start writing ad copy for Luke to read. I would yes. love to read this. <laughs> An annotated version. Yep. My name's Mike. I sell real estate. Find me online. He's Brent. I'm Brent. Wait, am I just I... supposed to search Mike Real Estate? <laughs> Mike Nugent okay. Missoula Real Estate? Wait, no, no, no. Let's let's see what Google shows. All right. Oh, Mike Real, real Estate. We get... There are several Mike Nugent real oh. estate agents in the country. Okay, well, my Google is tied to, like, you know, it's pull me local results. Oh my and, uh, okay, I'm not going to say names since they are not sponsors of the show. <laughs> the top choice works in your office. Yep. Second choice does not work for either of our offices. Does he work for Balloon? Yes. All right. The fourth choice works in my office. All right. Uh, f- okay, we're going to blend this. Oof. You're not on the first page, my friend. It's rough for Mike Missoula Real Estate. There's a lot of mics. Talk about the worst possible search term you could put in Google. You need to change your name to like Jacuzzi. <laughs> oh, oh boy. You're not there, Mike. I'm not seeing you. It's rough. Okay, so let's get a little more specific. You're Mike and you work for Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> and you're Brent. I'm Brent and I work for Windermere Real Estate. And you are both realtors. We are. What we could are. you do for me? Well, we could help you buy and sell real estate. We could also help you get pre-qualified, hook you up with a lender. If you need to fix your credit, we can hook you up with a lender to do that, get you to a first-time homebuyer's class, walk you through the process, make you good referrals even if you're not buying a house, if you need a handyman, plumber, we know people. What separates you guys from the rest of your competition? Well, we actually treat it like a job and um, you know, take it seriously. <laughs> it's not a hobby. Okay. I, th- I think in this industry, you find a lot of people that real estate is, is something you do for fun or something you do on a part-time or something that, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that that individual is a bad realtor or a bad person or whatever, but um, a lot of times you want to counsel that if you're going to work with a real estate agent that's going to spend their full-time attention to helping you find a house or to helping you sell your house. And so finding someone like Mike or myself or companies like ours that have a great presence within this community and invest a lot in this community... Uh, that's the right way to go. The there only thing I'll add, so I'm like a big stats guy. We've talked numbers. So right now in Missoula, we're, it's September 1st, right? No. For another, no. It's second. second. <laughs> Whoa. Ah, damn. Well, I ruined that. Okay. So. Numbers you're having, I can't read a calendar. <laughs> it was September 1st when I last thought of it. I won't miss um, your inspection dates. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Oh. 
hey, I can edit this out. <laughs> we'll make a note. Where are we? Anyway, but in fairness, Brent no, no. does all the stats for the Missoula Realtor Association, so he but, is a numbers guy. But this is actually the interesting thing about Missoula right now. So uh, Missoula and the Western Montana region, of course, a lot of our pod listeners are all over the place, but a lot of people probably own a home and are thinking about maybe upsizing, moving up, but are a little bit terrified of what the prospects are. When you do a search in Missoula, and I did one just recently, it showed there's about 400 homes for sale in the Valley, but only about 10 to 15% are priced under $300,000. And so you look at a market, when you talk supply and demand, if you have a home that is going to appeal to someone that's going to be maybe a first time or a step down or a more affordable in a Missoula scale type of purchase, you've got a hot commodity. If you're able to make great equity and move up into a higher price range with interest rates the way they are, you're going to be able to sell for top dollar and you might be able to put yourself in a position where you can negotiate a little bit and get some nice extras in a new house. This fall market is full of great opportunities for people. And so working with agents, again, like myself, like Mike, other uh, professionals like us in this industry, we're going to be able to help coach you on that if now's the time, if spring's the time, if whatever. And so that's that's another reason why you employ agents like us, because this is what we do every single day of the week, even when we don't know what day it is. <laughs> and now we've talked about ourselves too much. Woo-hoo! Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Let's turn down the thermostat again. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody open a window. <laughs> Let's talk about North Alabama. Yeah, the Lions. What city do they exist in? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that either. Of all the things to ask, that me, was that a weird. Think one. we'd know Florence, Alabama. Florence. Florence. Do you think they're? Good? Should we let them stay in Florence so they just feel at home? I think so. Are there hotels in Florence? No. I mean, don't don't make me start making broad generalizations <laughs> about the state of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm talking about Florence, Montana. <laughs> There's probably hotels in Florence, Alabama. There might be a hotel. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, um, I'm going to come right out though and say, people, Grizz fans underestimating this team are doing it at their own peril. Yeah, and I can guarantee you the coaches think they're good. There's about forty thousand people in Florence, Alabama. Florence, Alabama. Um, they are in the second year of their transition to FCS. They were a D2 powerhouse. Yes, they were. Um, full of transfers. I think I read somewhere that they've got like 30-plus transfers this year. They get a lot every year. Um, yeah. Kind of interesting. They beat Southern Utah last year, which at the time seemed like a huge win. In retrospect, Southern Utah was terrible. But they went 7-3 and three last year. They did go 7-3. and three, They but played a lot of D2 schools. It was a transition schedule. Um I mean, I think they're going to be good. Yes. I think the Grizz should be favored at home, but I think they're I think they're going to be better than people realize. I think they've got players. Yeah, and they're a team that's young on offense. They've got uh, they've got a younger QB uh, out of the Vegas area, so interesting to see if there might be some familiarity there. They've got young wide receivers. They've got a lot of talent in their passing game. They say they return 11 starters on offense, but I, I don't think it's all 11 from last year. But they've got a full team that's got starting experience. How do you return 11 starters on offense? Unless the qualification is they return 11 guys that started a game. Well, we said that on defense, that we had eight returning starters. But if you went and counted, we lost two on the D-line, one, one 
linebacker. I don't know. There, there was something where I was kind of like, all right, it wasn't eight, but it was something. It was like some weird qualification. And I don't know. You bring it back. Like the Grizz say, we return a starter experience in Angel Villanueva. He didn't. He started, I guess, a few games last year, but didn't finish it out. So this kind of generalization qualifications. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other side, they only returned three starters on defense, is what they say. So, <laughs> but yeah, the North Alabama Lions, I mean, they were 7-3 last year. <laughs> kind of a funny trivia. They were Their 11th game was canceled because they were supposed to play Incarnate Word. Isn't that a team that came to Bozeman? <laughs> Incarnate Word had to cancel the game because they had a playoff game to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Both Incarnate. So, Southern, so North Alabama booked this game because they're not playoff qualifiers. They still aren't this year. So they booked another game. Apparently, Incarnate Words. Uh, that's a, that's a they, good, you can't. Apparently, their, their athletic director word. was like, "Well, we're not going to the playoffs, so let's just book this game." And then they get the game, and they had to cancel it. So, yeah. I so many so many questions there, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> They've got a strong northern Northern Alabama has a strong senior running back named Terrence Humphrey, and he went for over a hundred yards last week. He seems to be a load. He's two hundred and thirty pounds. Big dude. Don't no, they have a stud on the D line? Or an they got they've got they've got some guys on the D line. They got a transfer. Uh, number ten, Wallace Cowens is his mm-hmm. name. Um, transfer from Coastal Carolina. Oh, our friends at Coastal Shout Carolina. Shout out to Brent and others <laughs> at Coastal Carolina. But yes, last time we saw a Coastal Carolina team, it didn't go too well for the Grizz. I don't think he was on the team at that point. That'd be quite the uh, stretch. But he'd be an old man. <laughs> he'd be uh, one of those tenth-year seniors or whatever, like the Northern Colorado quarterback. Um, they got a returner as well, too. Number twelve. He played. He's he's like one of their starting safeties, and he's a damn good returner, and he's a pretty damn good safety as well, too. Uh, KJ Smith is his name. He's a guy to definitely watch for. Led the team in interceptions last year. Had. I want to say close to 30 yards per return on kickoffs. Very similar to Flowers. It could be this kind of game where they've got a pretty skilled, looks like a passed around type offense. Four guys that are top targets and a running back that's, that that's kind of mixes it in. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a really fascinating game with like points on the board and then points returned right back on kickoffs or on punts and things like that because – it doesn't really look like their special teams cover super good. Their special team stats against Western Illinois and last year showed some pretty big holes. And replacing well, when you're a lot building of guys, a roster like that, I mean, well, what's going to happen? Right? Like yeah. your, your special teams guys are probably a bunch of redshirt freshmen. So um, bring them into Washington Grizzly. Eh, yeah, Malik Flowers and Gabe Salser and Jerry might find the end zone on some punts and some kickoffs. And Bobby acknowledged that they're hyper athletic. They're big. He said that um, this team. He said that Western Illinois pushed a lot of teams around this year, last year, and Northern Alabama, you know, did their fair share of pushing last week. So he said, "Don't be fooled. They're big. They're strong. They're fast. Like all Alabama teams, they're hyper athletic." Yep. Um, you know, and it makes sense for them moving to FCS. I mean, it's a region of the country that's got football talent. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch them. It will be. I think it, it's <clears throat> there's gonna be a lot of passes thrown on Saturday. Is my guess. Although I haven't checked, the weather report was looking a little interesting. Ooh. Not that I'm one of those crazy ass Grizz fans. It's like, oh, it's gonna be loud and cold. 
But um, right There's now... There's a narrator right now, and they'd be saying, yes, he is. <laughs> Loud and cold. Ron Howard voice. <laughs> but it's like, you look at the weather, these next three days in Missoula are 90 degrees, and then Friday goes to 70 and thunderstorms. Saturday's looking a little better, mid, mid to upper 70s. But, Sounds um, like perfect football weather. Yeah, me. great football weather. It's going to be a night game. You're supposed to wear maroon. Um, but, uh, yeah, a little bit of a rainstorm and pass-heavy team might be a little interesting. Well, good thing we can do anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> this North Alabama team, it's going to be something where um, it's just there's a lot of, like, Western like So, Western Illinois was picked to finish eighth in the same conference as South Dakota's in, where they were fin- picked to finish sixth. So, in theory... Western Illinois, in the coaches and voters' eyes, was a worse team than South Dakota. and But both of our teams won. Uh, their game was a little bit closer. Uh, they never they never trailed in the game. They won 26-17, uh, passed for almost 300 yards. So uh, looks like a lot of kind of short, kind of mid-range passes. And their quarterback doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He only threw two interceptions last year. So <laughs> this is a team where... Uh, <clears throat> once again, the Grizz, you just still want to shake off more of the rust from years before where we got to really limit those costly type of turnovers because Do it doesn't seem these guys will make money. Do you have their schedule from last year pulled up? <laughs> I looked at it earlier. I mean, it started okay, and then it played a whole bunch of D2 schools. <laughs> I mean, I know they played North Dakota State. And they got, and they got beat pretty good. Throttled. But I have to wonder <laughs> if the Grizz are in the top two or three of caliber of programs they've played in the FCS. I mean, probably. After so last year, Luke, you got it. Yep. I was gonna say last year they played like two or three FCS teams and then it was like a whole bunch of teams I've never heard of. They beat Southern Utah. Right. They beat Alabama AM. They played North Dakota State and lost thirty eight to seven. Yep. And then they beat Azusa Pacific Lost to Camp Bell, West Florida, and then they went on to finish four game with a four game win streak. Mississippi College, Jackson State, Shorter, North Greenville. So whatever the <laughs> fuck that means. <laughs> Azusa Pacific is in the same conference as Central Washington, and they won that conference last year, and they're picked to win it this year. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that I think, like I said, I think it's going to be a better, better team than people realize. Yep. I think that um, if you're looking for a history book of how not to underestimate people, just think of when North Dakota State was still D two and they yep. upset Bobby in year one. Oh yeah. Um, I, that being said, you know Central Washington came in a few years back and gave we had gave a field goal to win the game. You know, a, a yeah. run. And their their quarterback is dynamic. He's a, he's a senior, and he led their team in passing and rushing, um, in three separate games last year. So yeah, uh, it's you know I I mean I th- I think that that the Grizz should 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 be favored, and we'll talk we'll pick <clears throat> that Grizz game at the end, obviously. But um, I mean this this speaks to this non conference schedule. I mean Monmouth finished. Second in their conference that we'll we'll face in a few weeks. North Alabama didn't qualify, but they finished seven and three, which is pretty damn respectable. Although you got to qualify with the opponents, but um, 
these are this is a quality team. This is not going to be one of these games. And, and I'm going to bet you there's going to be a lot of fans that come into it that are going to be like, oh, some directional state school. They're going to think what? it's an AI in North Alabama. So, again, credit <laughs> to Kent Haslam. Probably one of this the best things looking. he's done yeah. is he's put to, he has put together good football schedules. Absolutely. That are all D1 that aren't, you know. Absolutely. Although I feel like there's a couple of future D2s that we should talk about later. But. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think it's North Dakota State. The Grizz, Southern Utah, for the, you know, on the podium of the best programs this club has ever played. So yep. the Grizz should go in, focus on what they're good at, and 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 go from there. Yep. Let's uh let's pick the big sky. All let's right. do it. Let me pull that up here. Like you were saying, we 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 have some D twos in the future. I feel like when we've talked yes, about protect, we play protect, Central Washington yep. next year. Yep. There you go. And what's a bummer about that is next year's not a 12-game schedule, is it? No. I hate that. We also don't play a – so we play Missouri State, Moorhead State, and Central Washington. Hmm. Still done – yeah. It's anyway. not great. I mean, it's one of those ones where you can't drop the Missouri – at Missouri State. So all, we're, we basically don't go on the road, do we? For We go to Missouri. Oh, all right. Missouri. Okay, so Thursday, September 5th. Idaho State takes on Western Colorado. Oh, yeah. So Idaho State took an extra week to prepare for this guy. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, I, th- I mean, Idaho State should win. So I think yes. I'm going to pick Idaho State. I think we're all picking Idaho State. So let's get that out of the way. They don't know who their QB is going to be. No, they don't. They still don't. Um, um, Andrew Houghton, who used to work for uh, Skyline Sports, is now the beat writer for right. the paper that covers Idaho State. So yep. I, I know more about them now because I still follow him on Twitter. <laughs> so do I. Um, um, they don't know who their QB is going to be. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, but on this note, I really think that we should aim to get the commissioner onto this podcast Ooh. and make him pledge to make the schools <laughs> sign in blood an agreement that blood. says they will not play down ever again because it, it ruins the conference. Now, define play down. Division two? Or I mean, like... anything that doesn't count towards a win for the FCS qualifiers of playoffs. Okay. There we go. All that's that. All. We'll make them uncomfortable. We'll get- <laughs> <laughs> we need to get him here in person. We know you're listening. We should find out when he's coming. Oh, my God. Because, you know, I mean, like... He'll Just, like, rush upon him with these microphones and be like, Commissioner! Tweet at Casper this week. Okay. We'll get him here. we got a fourth chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need you to stay an extra two days after the game <laughs> and sit in my dining room. <laughs> you know what? He seems like a nice guy on Twitter. He'd probably do it. He probably would. All right. Then we go to Saturday morning. Um, Montana State. Actually, this is Saturday afternoon. Montana State plays Southeast Missouri State. This one's tough for me this because tough, I yeah. feel like you know, gold rush game for the Cats. People, you know, they're going to be excited to be home. There's high expectations. But man, this poor Casey. How do you say Bowman? Bowman. Bowman. His his first his. His first two games as a starting QB as a freshman are at an SEC school and then home against a number 12 ranked team in the country. When your team is number 13 and has the highest expectation they've had in five plus years. I mean, he either rises to the occasion and it's the next freaking coming of Travis Lillet or Daenerys McGee or they struggle and lose the game. 
Yeah, I I think the Cats are going to win. I don't want them to win because I'm a Grizz fan. I just that, I don't, But it, we don't know much about them because when you play Texas Tech and you get smoked by them and they play their stars the whole game, you just don't know you what don't they know. have as a team. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of these 10-9 to 9 type of games or something and then – I don't know. I, I I just have this feeling. 23-22 or something. Yeah, like one of these kind of low-scoring, ugly-ass games. And we saw this a lot, actually. I mean, that, that's kind of a staple of the Cho years, right? Like, even uh, the last few years, it's like you hang around, hang around, defense keeps you in, and you manufacture some weird-ass late drive, and you kick a field goal, and you win the game. Yeah. Well, That'd this, be my guess. I'd, I'd say Cats win. I mean, SM... <laughs> SEMO. SEMO. They made the playoffs last year. They beat Southern Illinois yeah. in, from the Missouri Valley last week. Um, yeah. They put up – they hung 44 on them. Mm-hmm. Were they home? They were home. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? So where was Southern Illinois picked in the Missouri Valley? They were picked second to last. Ninth. I think – I think MSU wins this game. Yeah. I don't think – I mean, I think that the top half of the Missouri Valley is uh, legitimate and we're sweating over. But the bottom two, I don't think they're better than the Cats. Missouri State looked pretty terrible against NAU, so. Yeah. yeah but Southern Missouri is ranked 12 in the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick Southern Missouri. All right. Or whatever they are. Southern. SEMO. SEMO. Go SEMO. And it's not a knock on the Cats because I, I, nothing has changed in my opinion that the Cats – We'll put it together and make a playoff run here. I just think that you've got a freshman QB who say what you want about last week, but I don't know what you take away from that except live snaps. Yeah, reps. And, yeah, you know they gotta they gotta put it together, and I I, I think it's gonna take him a couple games to do it. So I'm 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 picking the Cats to lose that one. Okay. We actually have to time travel back a day to yeah. Friday. Well, Sac State action for Sac State to take on Arizona State. Now this isn't. This isn't. Did we really have to travel back Southeast Arizona State? This is the Arizona State. Sac State is not playing an NAI school this week. You're telling me. Herm Edwards is still the coach of Arizona State, right? That game might be closer. Than that program's got to be an amazing program to be a part of. Just the whole atmosphere around Herm Edwards being your coach at the college level. <laughs> I just imagine him walking across campus like micromanaging like the way like the guys cutting the lawn like <laughs> giving them attaboys like good job that looks great. <laughs> you run the mower to cut the grass. <laughs> I hope they have commercials like that. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. If they don't, we should start tweeting at them like, hey, we have a marketing campaign for you guys. Grisman Pod. Who the hell are you people? Run the mower to, to cut, cut the, the grass. grass. Um, I think uh, uh, I think Herm Edwards crew is probably going to win that game. They're going to win uh, Sac State's 35-point underdogs. Ah, uh, Sac State? Might... Think they could cover? I don't. No, I don't. No, very, probably don't. not. That's right. Arizona. They I just had flashbacks line. to the Grizzlies in Washington, sixty-six <laughs> to whatever. So. Hey, we had that moment. We had Pick that moment. Six, we had a moment. Okay. Arizona All right. State. Yeah. Now we're we're going back to the future. Okay. And uh, Eastern Washington plays Lindenwood. 
Ooh, a good, Who even a is Lindenwood? Good Lindenwood squad. This is a good team. They is that were... like a high school in Spokane? <laughs> Probably. Lindenwood, always up to no good. That's, <laughs> I think, what we know. Seriously, though. I mean, who is Lindenwood? I don't know. See, this is how I don't understand some of these teams. It's like you play up, which is guaranteed loss. Holy crap, pull... it's in New Jersey? Then no, you... St. Louis. Then you play down for a win. Now, are they FCS? No, God, no. No. The Lions? <clears throat> Uh yeah, they're de- de- they're not FCS. So they're Eastern from the Great Lakes Valley Conference. Eastern has basically folded two of their twelve potential opportunities to get to the win threshold. I mean, they're still going to make the playoffs, but I don't. I just don't understand it. Like if you're, yeah, if you're bucking games, like this is I, get it. Get a San Diego in there. Like get a winnable, like a qualifiable, like a resume builder type game, uh, something, but. The Great Lakes Valley Conference. They were they had a D two ninety three and fifty seven run under Patrick Ross. Oh, Patrick from Ross. 04 to twenty sixteen. Awesome. But our eight and fourteen <laughs> under Jed Stugart. Oh, Jed. Oh, Jed. <laughs> I'm feeling for you. Big shoes to fill. So big I, shoes. To I'm fill. guessing we're picking Eastern Washington. I think their rival is the Missouri University of Science and Technology. <laughs> M-U-S-A-T. Must. Must. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't heard of it. Must. 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 <laughs> must. Property we, of must athletics. Or must. All right. So then we have Portland State is hosting Simon Fraser. So let's talk about Portland Fraser. State for a second. Portland State played Arkansas. They hung in there. Hung they were, we should have talked about game. that a little bit in the recap of the Big Sky, but we got sidetracked on other things. Is that a sign that that Barney Ball is penduling back up? Ugh. Or is this just one of those things that it's like, like the cats beating Colorado that time, just like <laughs> fluky. I'm going for the fluke. I think I, I lean to fluke, right? I think Arkansas had a bunch of turnovers in that game, and it was I. I had it on for a few minutes, and Arkansas did not look that great either. But has Arkansas uh, recovered since Petrino crashed his motorcycle with his mistress, <laughs> no. who was 24? No, they stole the the big guy out of Wisconsin and Bielema, and he was bad. It didn't and, go well. Yeah. I mean, Bielema's wife tweeted at Wisconsin Athletics a bunch. Whenever they lose a game, I was like, woof. Know your situation. Portland State's going to beat Simon Fraser. Yep. Sorry, I'm going down a wormhole on their Wikipedia. It's <laughs> <laughs> not impressive. <laughs> so we all have Portland State. Didn't Arkansas had those the two running backs. One went to Dallas. Neither of them really amounted much to the NFL. But they had that one year. Yeah. In the mid two thousands, and it's what got. Um, <laughs> I I don't even remember yeah. who their coach was then. Yeah, was that Petrino then? Well, Petrino was kind of had them trending in the right direction, but McFadden, Darren McFadden, yeah, and the other guy, yeah, Darren McFadden too, <laughs> and so, not Darren McFadden. <laughs> now we have um, Northern Colorado visiting Washington State. Number 23, Washington State. Ooh. Washington State's going to win that game. Yes. The fighting Mike Leeches. Moving on, we've got 
I assume you're picking. Yeah. I'm picking <laughs> on the record. <laughs> then we have Northern Arizona, or Northern Iowa hosting Southern Utah. Northern Iowa's going to win that game. Yeah, you and I. Yep. Yep, agreed. Um, UC Davis goes to San Diego. Like the University of San Diego that just lost Cal Poly last correct, week? Correct, correct. Right. Yeah. Time out. <laughs> What on earth is a Big Sky Conference school doing going to non-scholarship San Diego? It's Davis, man. I mean, they weren't good until last year. It's also in the neighborhood, kind of. It's a quick flight. It's a quick flight. I guess. Sacramento to Davis, that's a fast flight. You're not spending a lot of money on Sacramento. Davis, sorry. If Davis is who we all think they are, they should win this game easily. They are who we thought they are. Davis. Um, then Cal Poly visits Weber State. This one's one of the interesting ones. Oh yeah, that I mean it's fascinating because like if Weber can't score points, if I, Weber can't score points, they get in trouble. But I mean, has it, Cal Poly's defense is? I mean, this could be a Weber looks good on offense against Cal Poly's defense. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those weird non-conference Big Sky matchups, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I, I'm. I think I have Weber in the top or near the top of my power rankings. So, sticking true to form, I'm going to pick Weber. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I would not be shocked if I'm going to pick Weber State okay. at home as well. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of like it's a, at night. Yeah, if, it, it's setting up for a weird one. But I think Weber wins. I think Weber wins easily. But easily, gonna, easily for Weber is like ten to three. <laughs> I'm going to change up and I'm going to go Cal Poly. Whoa. Whoa. I just, it's just killing me to just vote the same with all of you Go guys. Go chalk. <laughs> you know, the problem is, though, Week's like, chalk. I mean, what, a in lot the of piece, these out yeah. of conference, it's like, okay, week one, we all play up. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, outside like three games. So I'm going to take Cal Poly there. I think. Cool. Just hope that triple option messes with Weaver, but you guys are probably right. Then we have Central Washington goes and visits Idaho. This one I researched a bit because Central Washington last year had a great offense. They had an Eastern Washington transfer, Riley Hennessy, a QB, but he graduated. So they looks like they lost a lot of guys. They're still picked to finish second in their conference behind Azusa Pacific, who we mentioned just a little while ago. Um, I'm going to assume Idaho wins the game. Idaho's... I mean, I listen to enough of the guys from Idaho that they really like their defense this year, but they feel their offense is going to be the same. I, I this, I wouldn't be surprised if this is something like Idaho wins 24-21 and it's the greatest damn thing that's ever happened to them or something. So do you, are we watching the preview of a future conference matchup? Yes. Uh, of I a mean, conference, hopefully, God, we're not in it. I know, hopefully, God, we're not in but it's like, <laughs> are we getting ready to add Central Washington the, and Dixie State? To this is their the interview. This is their first round interview. You know, it's like they're at Idaho this year, they're so at Montana Wa- next year. <laughs> so, Central Washington, you would like to join the Big Sky. Please tell us your three top traits. Honestly, they come and be like, well, we beat if Idaho. We added Central Washington <laughs> and kicked out several other schools, I'd probably be more okay with it. Honestly, yeah. 
You can get to Central Washington. Yeah. I mean, hell yeah. yeah. It'd probably be tough to fly to as a team, but we're going to Seattle. Going to Moses it. Lake. I mean, no, Where do you go? Where do you, you fly? You fly to Ellensburg? If you chartered a plane, I bet you're flying into Ellensburg. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although, well, yeah. We heard, uh, heard last week from Bobby that for that game in Vermilion, they had to like, fly to like, Kansas or something <laughs> and cross like, two state borders. You so. can get to Ellensburg, $358. Oh, you, we could go there for 302 this weekend. I'd drive there for, I mean, it's a six-hour <laughs> drive. Like, it's like growing up in Montana. Like, six hours is nothing. All right, what else we got? Games. Games. We've got two left. Pick the cats. We've got Northern Games. Arizona now visits Arizona. Yeah, wow. Well. Yeah. I'm interested to see more of this Northern Arizona team, but... But that's going to be a loss. This is going to be a loss for yeah. NAU. NAU is going to lose. Brent? Yes, NAU will lose the game. Okay. All right. And then finally, that brings us to Northern Alabama coming to Washington Grizzly Stadium. I mean, I think the Grizz win. I think that it's going to be closer than people realize for a while. But I think the Grizz win. Yeah, I have uh, Grizz winning by a couple scores. So, But I, I really feel like this is a game where – it feels like we'll put it away in the fourth. And it's going to be one of these ones where the less informed type of fan is going to be freaking out. Chicken little. Because it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's it's 28-21 in the fourth. How, how how could this be happening? Blah, blah, blah. Something like that. I, I mean, I could, I could see it. Now, I could also see the long trip, the second tough FCS game in a row. I, I could see the Grizz just putting it to them, but I'm going to guess North Alabama comes up, gives us a hell of a game. We pull away late. I've got the Grizz 38-27. All right. Giving up 27 points to them, huh? I am. Yeah. Why do you I, hate our defense, Luke? Yeah. What's your uh, problem? Uh, do we need to uh, talk to Jesse Sims about your thoughts about defense? I'm not going <laughs> to tell him. You might have four sacks, Jesse. <laughs> I, I just think there's a super athletic team. They're going to break one. We're going to give them a short field. They could kick in some field goals. Like I think they're going to score some points. But yep. I think we're the better team, better pedigree, more disciplined. I'm get, I think our special teams, like you mentioned, is going to come into play. So, cool. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. What else should we be talking about? Well, at this point in time, God, we roll out our other segment called the BWR. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, explain for the fans the genesis of the BWR. Basically, we added Brent to the uh, podcast last year, and we needed something for him to do. <laughs> so we, we came up with the BWR, like the QBR of, of the Grizz Fan Podcast. So the Brent Wahlberg rankings. Which I, I hate. I'm on record. I, I, I don't hate. It nervous. I, it makes me super nervous. I turned off the heat. So Yeah. Good. Thank you. Okay, I've got... I've got four things for you to talk about this week. Four. Okay. Mics were easy, easier last week. We turned them into conversations. So, Brent, <laughs> you experience a traumatic brain injury. Okay. And you wake up, and you just cannot be a Grizz fan any longer. You don't like the color of maroon. Mm. You don't like being in Washington Grizzly Stadium. 
but you still have this strange affinity for the Big Sky Conference. For the conference. Ah! <laughs> oh, God. What team are you a fan of? <laughs> oh, boy. In rank order, the top three teams. Top three? That you would like to be a fan of if you're not a fan of the Grizz. Oh, my God. Okay. Do I still live in Missoula? I need some I need some details. You still live in Missoula, but you can't change the tattoo on your back. Your lower back. Chris. <laughs> my tramp stamp. The Grizz Paw my tramp stamp. stamp. Grizz Paw is there. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a graphic we're creating. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, let's see. So I... Oh, my God. This is terrible. I hate if this. If any of our listeners can Photoshop... <laughs> <laughs> a Chris Potram stamp on a picture of Brent. I would love you for it. <laughs> I think there's a lot of pictures out there floating around of the small of my back, though. So, okay, teams. Uh, let's see. I would. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like I like the way Weaver plays right now. I suppose my two daughters would like a lot of purple stuff around the house. So that th- there you go. There's one. Okay, Weaver one. Um. Uh, uh, I don't know. This is terrible. I hate these. Um, I'll go Sac State too because uh, my best man lives in Sacramento, so I could go there all the time. And we could cheer for Sac State and have fun. I once had a Sac State shirt when they were CSUS, and um, God, can you imagine Brent as a Sac State fan? <laughs> People be like, "Who the hell He'd are be you?" That one guy on the Sac State message board. People would pull like, up all oh, this information. They're like, "Wow, that message board's terrible." People, I'm like tweeting to myself. Have all these burner accounts. Wow, Brent, great insight. Go Sac State. Um, I don't know. I'll, let's NAU. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give you that. Okay. There you go. Weaver Sack Northern. Okay, Brent. I need you to name me <laughs> your top five number th- Grizz 37s of all time. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, top five. Your top five. Of all time. All right. Uh, Tim Houck, one. Jason Krebo, two. <sighs> okay. Um... Oof, this gets a little tougher once you start working down there. C-shape pitcher three. <sighs> Man, Jordan Tripp four, and then Ryan Featherston five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boy. Featherston rented from my wife when she's property manager. And, and uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Get, I get the most Twitter, Twitter interaction out of Ryan, and I went and supported him. <laughs> In a game, he was the head coach of Conrad. Conrad, the Conrad Cowboys, and I drove up to Big Fork to watch the Conrad Cowboys get stomped. Ooh, Big Fork was good, and I time. sat, I sat in the bench with like a bunch of Conrad parents, my wife and me, and it was like the most awkward thing. But God, it was great. Go it was, Big Red. Yeah, I don't know. Big Red completed like one pass in the game. Oh, <laughs> but Ryan's doing good. I think he's an assistant coach now at Helena, and he's doing good. Well, we've got some loyal Conrad listeners. Oh, um, good. So. Hope my Centerville fan base doesn't start to leave me now. <laughs> We're strong with the 1B. <laughs> okay, Brent. You have recently joined a fantasy football league that I Mike and I uh, have occupied. 
And as it turns out, you two play each other in week one. We do. Apparently. I'm going to give you both an opportunity to smack talk one another. We haven't drafted yet. <laughs> I'm going to win. So See, what? This is, he is going to struggle in our league so badly. <laughs> we haven't drafted yet. Who are your keepers? My keepers are Derek Henry. Baker Mayfield told you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield, White. I kept for a 16-round pick. Greatest waiver wire pickup of the year last year. Baker Mayfield. 16-round pick? 16th round. He's the best dancer of any quarterback. Yeah. And you know what? If Baker gets a little lippy and we need to bench him, Jimmy G is in the background (laughs) ready to go. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Just uh, when the new guy shows up and uh, you lose the game, even though I've never played PPR fantasy in my 15 years of fantasy football. It blows me away because it's like you get what you get exposed to first is like what you think is normal. Yeah. And so now whenever I'm in a league that's not PBR, I'm just like, why the hell does this suck so bad? Where <laughs> this, are the points? This is the thing. I, I am I am the significant other that picks the teams by mascots, and I'm gonna come in there and I'm gonna I'm gonna double digit, I'm gonna beat you by twenty. Okay, so this went exactly how I wanted it to go. I'm gonna be like, I don't know now, how I don't know how this happened and I don't know who this player is, but he just scored me a whole bunch of points. Phase two of this. We need some extra special sauce. We need a bet on this first week. Because <laughs> you are both so confident you're gonna win. Oh my god. What's the bet? You know, that's interesting. We don't have a bet on Grizz football this year. Every we year don't. we have like we a bet on a steak dinner on a yeah. position battle or something like that. So um what uh <laughs> I think we're we, both gonna be in Great Falls. Why don't we do a really weeks, nice bottle of whiskey or Let's something? Let's do that. Are you're not a whiskey drinker though, are you? I, you know, you underestimate me. Okay, okay. I think whoever wins this first week matchup gets to pick the other person's license plate for a year. <laughs> oh my god. Personalized no. license plate. I just renewed my plates last week, so <laughs> 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 that's a little heavy for one week. Like that's a fantasy. This is week. the inaugural week oh of my the God. league. Brent. Again, if I'm out. if we no. could be syndicated, you would see that Luke Alfred has a <laughs> giant fantasy football championship ring that he is wearing. I I tried it on and I couldn't hold my hand up. I mean, it is huge. That's a lot of cubic zirconium. A lot of bling. Yeah. Lot you want to tickle the nickel over here, Mike? <laughs> You, you want to roam with the chrome? So he takes it pretty seriously. No, I just came from this pod. Uh, I, I came from a fantasy draft a different in pod. this league. Oh, okay. And I won this league last year, and the commissioner buys these amazing rings. The best commissioner in any sports league I've ever had, uh, Echo Ryan. She's amazing. So organized. <laughs> and, yeah. Supporting the bling. All right. Gotta like it. Uh, so no special... Good bottle of booze. Good bottle of booze. Perfect. Okay. All right. Now, Brent, this is gonna. This last question is going to require you to make a selection of your all-time <laughs> Grizzly football players. All-time Grizzly football players. So, Brent, you, yeah. you have a couple kids. I do. Three. He actually doesn't have a couple kids. He has three. I have, I have three kids. He has three kids. Two girls and one, and one son. Correct. And for no explainable reason, your three kids are going to be pepper sprayed by a random stranger <laughs> who is sprinting across the street at them. 
Your kids are midway in the block. (laughs) But there's a Grizz football player at the end of the block. Rank your all-time top five Grizz football players that you would trust to stop the assailant before your kids are maced. This is incredible. (laughs) How much time did you put into this one? Okay. So do you go speed? Do you go tackling ability? Like, how do you do this? I think you mix it up a little bit. Who's the lineman from Oklahoma? Um... (laughs) Uh, a line he transferred. Oh, JD Quinn. JD Quinn. JD Quinn wouldn't make it though. Well, That's but if he, he got died, there, yeah. that guy the would guy be, be pummeled. I mean, your kids would recover from being maced, <laughs> and the guy would get pummeled. The guy would be. That's a, so. That's a fair point. So it's like, did the, like stop the act entirely? Or okay, so my top choice would be Adam Boomer. Uh, oh. That may, might predate a few people, but watching Adam Boomer, Boomer play special teams and then linebacker, he was a madman, and uh, he would be my top choice for sure. Uh, uh, one of the 37s, Jason Crebo, would be in there for sure. He was <laughs> he was insane as well, too. See, I'm blending. I'm kind of going with the linebacker type pick, right? Oh, man, there's so many sleepers in here. There are, though. I Ryan Bagley on my list. What? Why? Because, Why? Because college Ryan Bagley would be crazy enough to catch them and take care of them. <laughs> take care of them? Are you, you talking about ask. my kids? No, no, I'm talking about the guy with the mace. Oh, my God. I would not trust saying, college like, Ryan Bagley to watch my kids. Ryan Bagley is raising my kids now? What the fuck? <laughs> yes, yes. Chuck Norris, he married this, your wife. This is a follow-up question. <laughs> Which Chris player would you want to raise your kids? <laughs> um, uh, uh, God, okay, that got off track. Um, Tremaine Johnson, true get there. Oh, man. Ooh, true yeah. get there. Yeah. Speed, length, he'd be there. He'd be on top of it. He might get pretend to get hurt after he knocked the guy over. Well, he would need Gerald Kemp to actually do the punching. <laughs> oh, Oh my Why God. is that? So, there are court documents. I mean, what what are you laughing at? Holy shit! <laughs> Hour forty five of the pod. Holy fuck! <laughs> what is so serious here? <laughs> oh my God! Is it something I said? I would just like to imagine True Main being here and you saying. You wouldn't be bad enough to punch a guy. You would need a friend to do it. <laughs> so incredible. <laughs> wow. No, for the record, I'm fairly certain that Trubane Johnson could beat the crap out of anybody he wanted to. <laughs> wasn't that the... Weren't they together? In yes, they were. The yes, they were. Yes, they were. Oh, my okay. God. Who, right. who threw the punch in front of the Moat Club last year? The one of the one of the Calhoun kids. Mm-hmm. The the one that did yeah. Uh Jeremy. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> Do I need more? I got three. The, <laughs> this is great. I name more because I want to see what Mike <laughs> says. <laughs> Uh, you know that like that Zach Wagaman or that Tyron Holmes kind of guy, like that'd be someone that'd probably like put a real hurt on the guy. I don't know. I don't know if they'd make it in time. It'd be the yeah. Not... Holmes Holmes probably would make Holmes it would get time. there. Holmes would yeah. It would be like like a, it would be kind of funny like a like not funny 
but like a JD Quinn or like a Levi Horn or like a big lineman guy to just completely obliterate the cornerback during Hauk's first time. Oh, uh, Keith Thompson. Just yeah, was just leveled people on the blitzes in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Keith. He had the the yeah, he had two in a row. I mean, the you, you game and the San Diego uh, closing Dakota. speed and <laughs> leveling the guy. Oh yeah, um, uh, um, Anderson Colt Colt Anderson. There you go. Oh yeah, or Tim Houck. I mean, yeah. watch, hey, watching those guys play. I mean, those guys get there, take them out. So there you go. There's a whole bunch. Your kids are saved. My kids are mostly <laughs> saved. College age Ryan Bagley's raising them, and <laughs> Gerald Camp rolled in and punched the guy, even though I didn't want him there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my god! Incredible, incredible stuff. If anybody's still listening, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this will be the ultimate test to see the best Grizz fan, the gra- best Grizz fan pod listener. Yeah, we so should. This is the test. When, if when we share the pod, we should say we want your answers to the last question in the BWR. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so we've done the BWR. We've picked the games. We did our Grizz pick. Feels like we've checked all the boxes. Yeah. All we right. Sure have. Whew. That's a full show. That's well, a full right. show. If we. Uh, Know you. We'll talk to you sooner. If not, we'll see you next week after the game. Go Grizz. Fight Fight on. on.